John Coleman. John Coleman. John Coleman. You, my friend, are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I am. Um, I'm dedicating today's episode to a high school friend of mine, a college friend of mine, a lady by the name of Elaine Lundberg. I knew her as Elaine Pace. Okay. Um, but Elaine listened to one of our episodes from last week, was actually Facebooking a question, and her question was, um, I think something along the lines of, do we have any episodes for children? And unfortunately, I don't trust your mouth nor my mouth um, to open it up for kids in general, not saying that we couldn't mind our P's and Q's and do an episode that is specifically for for kids. But I want to make this episode in honor of Elaine's request, but it's going to be an episode that maybe we call something crazy like save the children. I like that. Attention grabber. Save the children. But what we're going to do is talk about ways that we can teach personal finance or basic business concepts to our children starting at age five all the way to age 15. Um, I would like to believe that most of our content is suitable for 13 plus Mm -hmm. solely because I know my son and my daughter tune in. They've heard worse on the playground playground or um, from their mom. All kidding aside, obviously from their father. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I figured maybe you and I can go back and forth um, just discussing how as parents we can teach financial fitness to our children basic economic principles. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great. So first and foremost, do you think it would be a good idea to practice what you preach? Yeah, it's kind of life. That's yeah. that's kind of life. Like you know, growing up, our our parents were like, "Oh, do as I say, not as I do." Correct. But later, you learn as a leader, no, do as I do, because that's what kids are going to do. That's what um, if you're leading a team, your teammates are going to do. They're they're going to follow in 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 your footsteps. So ultimately, it's way easier to practice what you preach versus just be preachy. Yep. And I think along the way, as a parent, I've understood and recognized that. My children may not acknowledge that they hear me, but I promise you they're listening. And and what I always fall back on is my son is 15. He's a ninth grader going into 10th grade. For the past, what does that put him, 10 years of going to school, just about every day when I say, hey, Jackson, how was your day in school? He'll say, good. What'd you learn? Nothing. Nothing. What'd you learn? Nothing. Yet... You should hear some of the stuff he rattles out or rattles off at the dinner table. I mean, whether it's geometry, whether it's biology, I'm like, oh, for someone who for the past 10 years has learned nothing every day, wow, you know a lot. you're a pretty smart dude, yeah. right? So the point being, our children are watching, our children do listen, and it's on us to start at an early age teaching them. And even if some of the concepts are a little over their head, that doesn't mean we don't teach it. It just means that we continue to teach it until their maturation process allows them to to level up with the content that, that we're putting out there. Okay, so today is is business. It's finance. It's, it's budgeting 101. I'm a firm believer. This is for the parents now. Um, a great learning lesson in terms of sacrifice is... Once your children recognize that there is no Santa Claus, that there is no tooth fairy, there is no Easter bunny. 
And if you're going through a time in life, which we, for the most part, all go through and funds are tight, you can lead by example by doing without on one of those holidays and having that heart to heart conversation that look right now because of X right now, because mommy's hours were cut because of COVID-19 right now, because daddy just took, by the way, if your kids are old enough to understand this, they shouldn't be calling you mommy and daddy, right? It probably should be mom and dad, but mom, you know, mom's hours were cut. Uh, dad took a 20% salary decrease. Um, just, Hey, heads up. Christmas is going to be light. Just plain and simple. I know you're used to getting new PS4s and new laptops and three new outfits and, and the, the, the newest Yeezys. And no, it's going to be light. And not enough parents do that because as a parent, we don't want to have our kids, quote unquote, do without. Yeah. Right. But I think it's a great idea to have that conversation. So come Thanksgiving going into December, if hours are still cut and if the 20% pay is, in, is still a, a decrease is still in effect. I believe that's a conversation. Now you don't celebrate, you don't not celebrate Christmas. You don't not buy gifts, but maybe your gifts are more heartfelt. Yeah. You know, maybe instead of buying a gift, you're writing a letter, mm. a heartfelt letter where you name three instances where your child made you proud. Mm. Something that by the way, they can take with them forever. It's what you and I call it has shelf life. Yeah. It's evergreen. Yeah. Maybe you find one thing for under a hundred dollars. So they have something to open up. Maybe you make sure their, their stocking is totally tricked out because people love getting gifts. So spend a hundred dollars on stocking gifts plus $100 gift and write a letter to your, to your child. And you showed them how you are living responsibly when it comes to finances. All right. So that's, um, that's one tip or trick for older children, but I want to kind of circle back or start at the very beginning with young children kids, how we can start teaching young kids about finance. And I'm going to use a lemonade stand as an analogy. Okay. Okay. Most kids by about four to six years of age, they want some kind of a lemonade stand. And I love lemonade stands because it's easy. But as a parent, you could just go out, buy some crystal light, throw it into a um, a pitcher of water, mix it up, put out a, a, a table, and hope people come by. Yep. Don't know what you taught your kids, but hey, it was fun, yeah. right? Kids come in, you sell it for twenty-five cents a cup, a dollar a cup, what, 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 what have you? Um, kids walk away four or five dollars. Mom probably spent a couple bucks on Crystal Light, yep. a couple bucks on on cups, uh, two hours of her time, and and that was the lemonade stand. Or you could make it a fun learning lesson. So instead. Maybe you go to the store and you buy lemons and you buy sugar, you buy your cups and any other supplies you may need. And you write down the cost, right? At four or six, they should understand a number four, five, four, you know, five is more than six, et cetera. Um, you do that the day before you also, the day before, maybe you have your, uh, child create a little flyer using crayons. And you have your kid go knock on 10 doors in the neighborhood and they say, Hey, by the way, I'm having a lemonade stand tomorrow. We're selling lemonade for a dollar a cup. Will you please come by? What are you teaching your kid? You're teaching your kid a life skill, how to promote themselves, how to market themselves, how, how to sell. 
entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. The reason why you didn't do Crystal Light and you actually bought real lemons is you're gonna talk about quality of product. Right? This is a good a good time to explain as best as you can. Look, if they're four over their head, if they're eight, no, this is gonna start hitting them in their wheelhouse. They're gonna be able to understand these concepts where you say, look, if I'm gonna charge a dollar for per cup, I need to have a quality product, something that they're gonna to wanna to come back to. And while you're doing this, this experiment of a lemonade stand, you're going to show them, this is how much our supplies cost. This is how much we took in. Ask them how much money did they make? And they'll realize early on, oh, well, I sold 15 cups. I made $15. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You made $15 less. And these are things I think as parents, we're already doing it. We're, we're already doing the lemonade stand, but let's talk a little bit in more detail about cost of goods sold, about net profit versus gross profit. Um, how about a time value of money? Hey, little Johnny, how many hours did you spend doing that? Yeah. So you, you spent, we, so we spent two hours going to Publix. We spent an hour walk in the neighborhood to promote the event. Plus we spent an hour to set up an hour to clean up and three hours there. We made $15 gross. It cost us $6. So, Hey, you made nine hours for your time. Yeah. And again, these are, these are things you can start doing at an early age for your children to teach them about personal finance and about financial fitness. That's beyond just eliminate stand. It's beyond just the crystal light and, and setting up a table on the same day that, uh, you know, the neighborhood garage sale is going on. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are two tips and tricks that I really like to start teaching. And by the way, between the age of six and probably nine, you can make a point to have a lemonade stand at least twice a year with your child. The first time, everything you teach them is going to be way over their head. It's the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time that they start understanding it. And then you can later in life parlay that into when they're ready to start babysitting, when they're ready to start mowing lawns, um, when they sit back and tell you that they need that $200 brand new Nike air shoe and their foot's not done growing. And you know that within four or five months that that shoe's going to be either not fitting them or worn out. They start understanding what, what value money brings. And you can say, well, out of curiosity, how many hours would we have to do a lemonade stand for you to make enough money to buy that shoe? Yeah, right? You can correlate to something that, that, that they understand. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about the, the babysitting and we're talking about the uh, lawn, lawn mowing, the same thing applies, right? The same thing applies in terms of, well, how much are you going to charge? How are you going to promote your business? What's your quality of work? Um, it's also a good way to teach your children not to do a half-assed job, right? So if my daughter's going to start babysitting, I want my I want to teach my daughter how to how to get the highest value. How did she get twelve bucks an hour where the other kids are getting ten dollars an hour, right? My son, how does he get thirty dollars to do a lawn versus twenty dollars to do a lawn? Well, Kendall, if you are babysitting, do one thing, one simple thing: make sure the kitchen is clean before the parents get home. Take care of the kids, follow the rules, make sure, make sure you have fun. Now, there's other things. Hey, Kendall, make sure you bring crafts or games to play with the children that are age appropriate. But if a babysitter would make sure that our kitchen was clean, regardless if it was clean when they got there, I promise you they would be our first phone call every single time and I would pay 12 bucks an hour versus $10 an hour. Um, 
next time my daughter wants to ask us for a new X, new, new earbuds. Okay, how many hours would you have to babysit for that? Is that worth your time? New earbuds are $160. You're making $10 an hour babysitting. That's 16 hours. Are those earbuds worth? Yeah, when you put it in that term, it's like, oh. Because as an adult, all this is going it, to, it's all going to uh, correlate. Do I mow my own grass? Well, I don't know. A lawn service is 100 bucks a, a month. Well, I, I can mow my, my own yard. Well, is, is it worth it? Well, let, let, let me figure out, well, how many hours do I have to work? If I'm making $25 an hour in my profession, I may want to do my own lawn because my lawn takes me an hour a week yeah. and, and I enjoy doing it. Or I may run the numbers. Wait a minute. It's an hour a week. I make $25 an hour. An hour a week is $100 a month. No. I'd rather stay at work an extra hour, especially if my employer allows me to work overtime and do what I know how to do, that I do well, that I enjoy, that, by the way, may be in the AC, and I'll pay someone to do something I don't enjoy. But this is just understanding the, the, the power of the dollar and, more importantly, how it correlates to, to hourly wage. Yeah. Now, this next tip or trick to teach your children about finance and responsibility um, actually comes from uh, a gentleman who's a professor out at UCF. Uh, his son and my son um, play uh, youth sports together. At least they did growing up. They actually play high school football together still today. So I can't um, take full credit for this. He shared this with me. I've yet to practice it, but I love the idea. Like I would, I love it so much. I want to share it because okay. others may may choose to do something similar. So what his family does, and he has, um, I want to say, four or five children. Uh, varying of, of, of all ages, like from 12, I think now to 22. And growing up in this household, let's say normal chores, uh, emptying the dishwasher, making your bed, vacuuming the living room, taking the garbage out, mowing the lawn. For most of us growing up, that's either A, just something I have to do to be a part of the household, or B, something I do so I get my five or $10 a week allowance. In their household, Making your bed is worth $10. Whoa. Vacuuming the hole downstairs may be worth $50. Whoa. Mowing the yard could be worth $100. Chill, bro. Yeah. But you're on your own, period. So you're on your own. As a parent, you're typically picking up the cost for my kid wants to go to the movies with their friends. Um, my kid wants to play lacrosse. My kid wants to go to a soccer camp. My kid wants to, you name it, that costs money. My kid has their friend's birthday party and they need a present. Well, in their household at a certain age, you're on your own for all of that. It's on you. You need to go back to school shopping. Cool, bro. Cool story. Go back to school shopping. Go I've been paying you $20 to make your freaking bed. I've been paying you, you know, $20 to... Uh, wash one toilet, clean one bathroom. Yeah. But I've been doing so because this family uses this as a way to teach their children how to budget. Smart. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's really easy when your kid looking at four or five hundred dollars and they're going back to school shopping. Baller. Okay. Yeah. That that's what Coleman would do. But you know, maybe the daughter said, "You know what? I don't think I need to go to." J. Crew, Aeropostale, um, 
Abercrombie. What's the real cool one that all the kids? Hollister, right? I don't need to go to Hollister. I'll go to Old Navy because ultimately that's her money. That's her money. So instead of spending $400 in back to school clothes, maybe she spent $250. Now she has $150 to go to X, whatever X may be. So I thought, wow, what a cool concept. Now, each of us has to take that, run with it, learn, you know, um, uh, make it our own. Swipe and adapt. Swipe and adapt. But, you know, that's something else that as, that as parents we can be doing. And I think the last thing as parents we can be doing to further educate our children about finance, um, teach them compound interest. Teach them the power of compound interest. Dave Ramsey's website has a really cool infographic um, you've heard on various episodes here in the, on the Loan Officer Podcast, we talk about Law of 72. Law of 72, if my kids do not have this mastered by age of 18, either I have failed miserably as an educator, as a mentor, and as a coach, or they really don't like me because they hear it all the time. And it's literally at dinner two nights ago, uh, my daughter wants, in, wants to open an Etsy store. Okay. Okay. So, um, and, and, um, we, we got to talking about finance at the dinner table and then we got to talk about, um, you know what? So this is going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you, you'll totally appreciate this Coleman and it's a total rabbit hole, but here, here's really where, where my 12 year old, my 12 year old and I got into law 72. Okay. I was making a joke. Most people who follow podcasts the way you and I do just saw that Joe Rogan's podcast and Joe Rogan is receiving something stupid, like a hundred million dollars to take his podcast to one medium right to to spotify and you and i were joking in the office i'm like man hey coleman you think for 10 million spotify would take us and yeah coleman's like give me a mill so so uh so coleman's saying give me a mill and i'm sharing the story with with my daughter my wife and my son at the dinner table and my daughter's like yeah i want a million well, then there's me. I'm like, well, really, it's not. It's not a million because you know it, it's it's five hundred thousand to Coleman and five hundred thousand to me. And I go, and then it's not even five hundred thousand because the government's going to take at least two hundred of that. So we have three hundred thousand dollars. Popping the balloon quick, deal. Yep. And 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 I said, but how about if I split it a third, a third, and a third? I go, I'd give Jackson a third. I'd I'd keep a third for Mom and I, and I'd give you a third. No. Oh my God, I could almost buy a house. I said, you could almost buy a house. You're right. But. What if you took that $100,000? I said, you're only 12 years old. And you just went ahead and invested it safely and wisely into like a mutual fund or into an ETF. Um, she, and she got all like deer in the headlights on me, right? Like I know right now I'm getting ready to go over the top talking to her about this. But I go, you can do simple division. Law of 72 tells me take your average rate of return, divide it into the number 72, and it'll tell you how often your money will double. So for, for her sake, I said, hey, Kendall, you're now sixth grader going into seventh grade. You should know this. If you invested money and it was making you 8% per year, how often would the money double? Because we're talking about this 100 grand that theoretically I was going to give her. Yeah. That's her portion of, of my portion of my half of your half of what we're going to take when Spotify calls us up and offers us some kind of a multi-comma digit with a dollar sign in front of it to bring the Loan Officer podcast to their format I solely. Wait. I can't wait. I say we hold out for more than a million okay. just, just from experience, okay? Um, but no, so we were talking about this. So, so she's doing her, her simple math. And, well, 
it goes in there nine times, Dad, right? Eight divides into 72 nine times. Eight times nine is 72. Mm-hmm. Well, you're 12 years old. If you didn't spend or use that 100 grand, what do you have in nine years when you're 21 years old? She's like, 200 grand? I go, yeah, 200 grand. I go, but a 21-year-old doesn't need 200 grand. I said, so you just let it sit there because you're still in college and you're enjoying the sorority life and going to football games and interning and everything else that college kids do. Maybe wait till you're 30. Let's wait till you're 30. Maybe at 30, you're hey, maybe you're on your second job inside of your career and maybe you found that guy that's just special enough that you want to move in with and start a life with. I go, how much is your 200 grand? And again, she kind of looked at me um, deer in the headlights. I said, okay, remember, your money doubles every nine years, assuming it's an 8% rate of return. Said, so it went from 100 to 200. What does it go next to? She goes, 400? I'm like, yes, 400. I said, now you're at 30 years old. You have 400 grand. I go, now let's just take two more leaps. Okay. Two more leaps because look, you have a good job. You're making good money. You're living a good lifestyle. The, the, the guy you've partnered with, same exact thing. Life's good. You really don't need this money. So at this point, it's kind of like lost yet found money for you. You let it sit. So we know you're 30 with 400 grand. What happens when you're 39? Now she's getting yeah. She goes, I have 800? I'm like, yeah. Now she has a smile. Yeah. I go, next time, next time, when you go from 39 to 48, what do you have? She's like, 1.6 million. I said, yep, you're a millionaire. I said, you're a millionaire because you decided you weren't going to spend that money. You decided you were going to save it and you were going to sit on it. And you were a millionaire, almost multimillionaire, mm-hmm. before the age of 50. Now, we all aren't plopped 100 grand because dad and his buddy Coleman signed some mega deal with Spotify for their loan officer podcast, right? But law of 72 is something that we can start teaching once kids understand long division, once kids start playing with fractions and percentages. These are all things that, that we can do, but we have to learn it ourselves. Like we have to know it. We have to practice it. We have to, to understand con- constraint. And sometimes in order to do so, we also have to be able to ver- verbalize and vocalize that to our children. You know, it's, it, it might not be the answer is no, because I told you so, but Hey, the answer is no, because our bills are X. And right now we're only bringing in Y. Makes sense. That's why, that's why it's no. And I think as parents that, and that's honestly like this show was one of the biggest motivators. If you go back and listen to, I think our intro pod, it wasn't even a show. It's just our, just our intro, like podcast episode zero, you yeah. called it. It was this. We don't do this enough as adults, as friends, as coworkers, and we sure as hell don't do it as parents. And no one did it for us, or very few did it for us as parents that we can start studying it and learning it, and we can drag, just like we do everything else, we're going to drag our kids along, right? I mean, I don't know many kids that woke up saying, I want to go to church. (laughs) I want to learn about the Ten Commandments. No, we drug them along because we knew what's best for them. We drug them along because we valued that religion that we may practice and we wanted our children to also be exposed to it. We need to be doing the same exact thing with personal finance, with basic business concepts. 
but it's very difficult to do so if you yourself aren't A, studying it and B, practicing it. What questions would you have or what questions as a listener do you think people are listening right now if this was a call-in show? Is there something that I didn't touch on or something I talked about that was maybe not too clear that I could circle back on? Uh, Something that came to mind, maybe not a question, but a statement. But uh, so, you know, when teaching kids like languages, if kids, you know, are bilingual, usually it's been said that it's easier for them to learn multiple languages at a young age rather than them getting older and kind of doing it um, backwards. Do you think it's the same with finances? Do you think you could just teach them the earlier on, you teach them the more uh, easier, even though they don't grasp it, maybe... The younger you start, the more apt they will be to receive it by the time they get older. Yes. We have 100,000%. Um, it is, I think it becomes second nature. And you know what? And some of it may just be a little bit of me being naive and hopeful that, you know, everything that, that we've been trying to instill in our household eventually clicks. Like my wife does a phenomenal job of teaching and preaching and living a healthy lifestyle, right? Where we talk about what we put in our bodies and, and junk food versus healthy food. But then we practice eating healthy dinners together and we practice exercising. So we don't just tell our children to exercise. We too exercise. We don't just tell our kids eat our vegetables. No, we as a family are going to sit down and and eat vegetables and not, and stay away from processed foods. And yeah, when Michelle and I sit back and, and, and we, we stay up talking or worrying like parents do, we can only hope that, as they mature, as their brains develop, as they go from being children to young adults to teens to, to, to adults, mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. it all comes together now. Yeah. It all, so, you know, you, you do that, again, most of us growing up in, in some kind of a Jew-o, judo, is it judo or Jew-o, Christ, Christ, Judeo. Judeo. Christian. Christian society. Holy cow. Is it judo? Is it? Woo wee. It is late in the afternoon and it is late in the week. So, um, and I'm a little bit COVID brain as well, but you know, it's like, like we as a society have done a fairly decent job of, of incorporating religion from an early age into, but what are we doing when it comes to living a healthy financial lifestyle, when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle in terms of the food we put in our body or, or the way that we work our bodies out, right? Because exercising is not about weight loss as much as it's about increasing our lung capacity, making our hearts healthier and stronger, increasing our blood flow. Yeah. Um, yes, if you do it enough, you'll also uh, keep your weight down. If you keep your weight down, then your organs work better. Then there's less stress on your joints and um, you know, you're that less likely to, to become diabetic, right? I mean, it's, but when it comes to personal finance, yes, the earlier you start teaching it, the better. So, um, last, last tip that I had that I failed to mention, I love this one. Um, so Dave Ramsey teaches when people are trying to, to get out of debt, they go to a, um, envelope system. And I've talked on various budgeting episodes where we talk about putting money in an envelope as a way to budget. Well, if I'm practicing that, why shouldn't my children have some form of they practice? So where do kids get money typically? Well, Nana comes in and overpays them for doing their job, which is getting good grades. Um, Birthdays and Christmas and um, sometimes first communion or confirmation or whatever the case may be. You're getting money. Easter, Tooth Fairy. Are we developing a three-envelope system for our children where we teach them 
you save 20%. Period. End of story. 20% get saved. That's just just a lifestyle. Like that's just how how they're grown, or, 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 or how they're how they're brought up in the household. 10% we donate. Now again, if you're religious, you probably tithe. Uh, the own household's not overly religious. We're not into organized religion. Um, so we talk about giving back to the less fortunate. 10% that of what we make gets budgeted to go back to the less fortunate. And there's some years that we let Jackson pick a charity of choice and we let Kendall pick a charity of choice. Yeah, and it actually becomes a, a, a family event. And then we talk about how we can give. We can give time and we can give money. And organizations need both. Ideally, we try to give equal amounts right? Money and time. But if you can't give one, definitely give the other, right? If you don't have money to give, then give your time. If you can't make time, then at least give money. Um, so from an early age, children, as they get this money can have three envelopes or they can have three piggy banks. Like let's make it really fun. You know, like hop on, hop on Etsy, buy three piggy banks, have them color coded. And one is for saving. One is for donating, tithing, giving back to the less fortunate. And one you know what, bro, if you want those new headphones, have at it. Yeah. You want that new Lego set, have at it. Like that's another system that, that we can start incorporating with our children as a way to teach them basic personal finance fundamentals. I like it. Cool. Well, we're done for time. Um, probably exceeded my 25-minute threshold or, or goal. Um, Elaine, thank you. Thank you for being the inspiration of today's show. Um, I hope this is one that that gets consumed over and over again. And I would love to hear from the parents out there who have other ideas that work, right? That 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 we can maybe come back on a future episode and share because I am passionate about teaching financial fitness starting at an early age. Um, I, my goal is that other people hear my passion and want to jump on that train. It's infectious. It's infectious. Let's hope so. Spell is it uh, um, s- spellbounding? No, what was it? En- uh, enchanting. Oh yeah, yeah. Enchanting. Enchantment. Enchantment. Yeah. Yes, those are um, two, two of the last books I read. One was called Spellbound. One was called Enchantment. Right now, I'm reading um, Extreme Ownership. Okay. Yeah, Navy Seal Jocko Willink. Extreme ownership. Book reviews coming soon. Book reviews coming soon. But hey, look, that's all the time we have for today. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You're tuned into the into, You are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, the Loan Officer Podcast. Check us out on Facebook. The Loan Officer Podcast. And if you want to get a hold of me at any time, I'm best found at Waterstone Mortgage, because that's who pays my bills. This podcast is done for free. So um, my office number is 407-645-6363. We're out. Peace.